0: When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. It is the Chicago Verse Podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry, and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Heima Black, welcome to Chicago. Hello. Right on. All right. Dynasty Podcasts, live from Cards Against Humanity for another week. My name is Haima Black. I'm the host of Dynasty Podcasts. Uh, as always, I have my killer team, uh, Prove Crivoche, manning the audio and visual uh, behind the boards here at Cards, and Julia Johannock doing a live stream, uh, live tweet for us. So right on. Uh, tonight, we have another killer night of guests from the Chicago music and culture scenes. Um, Starting off with Ben, a.k.a. Neon Pajamas, as I think a lot of people know you from Twitter. I'm going to let you, go. you knock out your last name here.
1: Last name is Nespajani.
0: Nespajani, okay. Polish.
1: The-
0: when you hear it, that's actually not quite as tall of a mountain to climb as it looks <laughs> on paper.
1: It looks a lot messier, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get it. Again, like I have a <laughs> problematic name, so I'm very used to that.
1: Yeah, um, the Neon Pajamas is kind of a play off of that. I had a friend in middle school whose uh, dad would call me that because he just had no idea how to st- even begin to start with my name. Sure. So. Uh,
0: I worked in radio, Maybe. and Black is very much not my real last name. And I just wore all black, which nothing has changed <laughs> in the last like, 15 years. But one day, like one of the engineers is like, we came up with a nickname for you, I'm a Black. And I'm like, I'll take it. It's not very creative. And then MySpace happened, and <laughs> it stuck. And I, everybody like suddenly like knew how to pronounce my name. And now, like, everybody just thinks that's my name. So, yeah. It fits. It works. So that's our etymology lesson tonight (laughs) on Dynasty Podcast here. Um, But, man, you are someone who's not doing just one thing. You are doing quite a lot. Uh, Bring us into what your, like, what your focus is and what you're doing in the Chicago music scene because it's so, so much.
1: Um, Yeah, the focus is constantly changing. It's just kind of whatever grabs my attention that day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of came to Chicago starting just doing music journalism, um, a lot of just song reviews, interviews. Um, And then I started doing, like, studio sessions and then try to do, like, collaborative sessions at people's homes. Um, And then I've kind of recently gone into, like, a little bit of broadcast with the These Days publication. Mm -hmm. And then now some more, like, creative writing and yeah just whatever whatever a lot, is a lot different. of
0: journalism, a lot of writing, a lot of writing. so when you say that you arrived in Chicago, where were you coming from? I was
1: coming from ecuador i did oh my gosh, I yeah. did two years in peace corps um and when I came back, I'm originally from northern Indiana, so like An hour and a half away from here.
0: So you were from this area?
1: Yeah. Like the South Bend, Notre Dame area.
0: Right on. So we're going to talk about this Peace Corps thing. So that's, that's incredible. There's no way (laughs) we're going to gloss over that, but let's get some of the, the prologue, the like Batman Begins, like first 20 minutes of it, right? The origin story. Origin story. Totally. Um, Indiana, are you coming to the city a lot? Are you exposed to any of the culture in Chicago as a kid or minimally?
1: Um, so I would a lot of White Sox baseball games with my family, and then
0: guaranteed rate park,
1: sure, (laughs) guaranteed (laughs) rate. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then, uh, coming into high school and college, it was a lot of like Pitchfork Festival, Lollapalooza, um, just the summertime, but I wasn't familiar with like neighborhoods or really local scenes as far as music. Um, that really didn't happen. I started listening to like When I was in Ecuador, it was a lot of that was when like um, Acid Rap and Internet Mm -hmm. Tape came out and Alternative Trap. Um, So those were like the first albums where I was like, wow, Chicago's like doing their thing. Um, But prior to that, I mean, Cool Kids, that was about it. Sure.
0: But it's amazing that like you really found out about Chicago in Ecuador. Yeah. Versus like growing up like 10 (laughs) minutes away from here.
1: Crazy, right? Yeah. it Yeah. it, It made its way all the way down there. All my American friends were like, Talking about that
0: album And that was It was huge I mean yeah It was a watershed moment You know And I always talk about this In the podcast That like Chicago It goes in waves And we have these moments Like a Siamese dream Comes out Industrial happens From under the cork tree By Fall Out Boy And yeah Like acid rap Is like one of those Moments That changed everything sure. You know It broke through Or college dropout Obviously mm-hmm. um, So Peace Corps Peace Corps where do you even start with that? Like, okay. For anyone who is watching, listening, going like, what's the Peace Corps? Like, because I know that it's a, you know, kind of an official capacity armed service, um, or maybe it's not, I guess, what is the Peace Corps and bring us into that?
1: It is a 27 month volunteer program. Um, so it's three months of training and then two years in an underdeveloped area. And then, depending on your specialization, specialization, you could do like natural resources or agriculture, or teaching English, or so it's
0: very humanitarian.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
0: I guess You're, peace is in the yeah. Is in the title, that should be. <laughs> but the it was end. like uh, it
1: was like eleven dollars a day, just like a stipend to live off of that I paid for our housing, and I was in like a community of ninety to a hundred people.
0: That's incredible. Um, right on the beach. What prompted the decision to enter into? An operation like that, and, and pursue that kind of like lifestyle for that time. Indiana and how boring it was. Sure, just <laughs> I anything was, to get out of there. Yeah,
1: I was there for 22 years, and I just wanted to go. And just the idea of getting away and doing something like that really grabbed my attention. And then when I got there, I was like, "All right, I'm actually doing this," and it was it was incredible.
0: It was incredible. How much of a culture shock was it? Like to go from Indiana to Ecuador. From what I've heard, they're different kind of <laughs> yeah, areas. A little bit different. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, different. It was wild. I mean, there was.
1: Certain days where it was just you were trying to find work to do just because it's hard to kind of integrate into that community. But once you find your your niche, then it kind of just flows naturally. Time is a lot slower over there, so everything was more relaxed. There was no stress.
0: Wow. It was just nice. So uh, when did you (laughs) get back to Chicago? Like, what time frame was that?
1: Uh, That was September of 2013. Okay. So
0: three years. Again, when, like, kind of that was... In that window, when everything was really starting to ramp up.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I came back and I started uh, helping write with uh, for Lily Mercer, who it was from the UK. She has like a mm-hmm. Beats One show.
0: Oh yeah, okay. um,
1: she started up Viper Magazine, so I was doing just like intern blog work for her, and all the while just like looking at Fake Shore every day and just trying to find out these new names. And yeah, well, I mean, Fake Shore is right the in. Bible, man. Yeah. it's
0: like Andrew's <laughs> been doing that work here for a decade now, and it's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, So you're starting to enter the journalism world here. You're becoming interested in the music scene. Like, when do you, what was like your first real dive into Chicago? Was that, uh, you know, like the Chicago music scene, was that these days or? Um, Well, I was writing for Mishka,
1: who I still actually. Sure, Mishka out of New York, yeah. Exactly. Well, back in the day, I was, um, around this time, I was just doing like contributing writer. Um, I run their blog on their record label now. But back then, that was like the only site that I really had where I could, I guess the word's clout where I could you know that's where I was writing that was the name that's where all the energy was going sure. sure yeah um so I was going to a lot of shows and just doing like show recaps just to get my name out there and show these people that I'm listening um and then all the while trying to do as many in-person interviews as possible
0: who were some of the artists that you were covering connecting with interviewing like who was in your kind of like professional circle with that
1: um at that time Lucky X yeah. Z Money uh Saba yeah Late twenty thirteen, Joey Perp, uh, mm-hmm. leather cords were just popping off. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Everybody, you just mentioned like almost all of them we've had on the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Lucky X Man, we did a we did a wild interview with him. <laughs> it was at Riot Fest, and there's no other word for it than wild. I don't know. Go go Google Lucky X Dynasty podcast if you get a second. And you'll hear what I mean.
1: I have uh, three published interviews with him, and so only you know what only I mean. and only one of them he actually answered questions. Yeah, <laughs> the other ones were just kind of
0: like observations and quotes, but never related to what I was actually what we were actually talking about. It was great. <laughs> um, and Saba, man, I always say this: like people, anyone who listens to this podcast knows, like, so much love to Saba. Oh yeah, I love what he's doing. I love his voice, and he's the nicest guy. He's so friendly,
1: and he was great when I first got here because at that time he was doing like two shows a week he had he yes. was doing so many shows um and i had never seen that kind of energy like in the chicago shows and it was just it was, a hustle. It was
0: great yeah so now you have been covering the scene for a few years you're a contributor at these days mm-hmm. um you have the mishka thing is the mishka thing still going on mm-hmm. yep. yeah
1: so i yeah i run their record label and their blog um we have like a few contributing writers and i'm trying to like spread out further outside of just music like movies comics books anything like that just to I don't know rap music gets old after a while
0: well i mean there's there's so much going on in chicago now sure and are you like solely focused on chicago music and culture or are you also covering you know uh topics and and themes outside of the city
1: oh yeah everything um so a lot of like the chicago based stuff i kind of put my energy toward these days and then if it's outside the city i've usually focused on mishka unless Mm -hmm. every once in a while there'll be some overlap i still do chicago within mishka um but yeah, I'll be writing something, I'll be like, okay, this would work really well on this platform, and this will work well in this. So we haven't talked
0: about your book. You have a book. I have a book. It's online now. Uh, bring us into the book. What does it cover? What was the thought behind it? Like, bring us into this project.
1: Well, it was just... It was kind of starting to... All the blogging that I was doing and this, these, these little music write-ups were just getting to be repetitive, and it, was, it turned into work. It started as a hobby, and it turned into just, like,
0: yeah. mundane tasks. It's, like, it's a good problem to have, but yeah, like, if your best case scenario with a lot of artistic pursuits, which I think people don't realize early on, is that, like, best case is that it becomes work. Sure. And then work is work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's fun work, but it's still work. Exactly.
1: Um, So, yeah, it was just, I was trying to keep myself interested in that, and I realized that doing creative writing or personal writing, um, whenever I came back to the blog writing, it was more therapeutic. Um, So to have that outlet rather than just talking about music... um, I started doing, like, poetry and short stories. It's a lot of reflections in the book. Yeah, absolutely. And I started that. The premise is kind of, well, it's 80 stories. All of them are one page long. Mm -hmm. Um, And it starts from the day that I got to Chicago, like we said, September 2013, until when I finished it back in the spring. So it was just, like, that reverse culture shock, as they say. And it's, like, trying to find my footing in Chicago. And all the while, kind of, like, little snippets of people that I find interesting and... There's like one story about a drive-by shooting. There's one story about a woman playing banjo.
0: Just kind of really like slice of life.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'll walk yeah. down the street and be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to try and write about that later.
0: You self-published this, right?
1: Uh, it was actually done through Dusty International, who's based okay.
0: out of uh, the Oakland area. So how did you connect with them and what goes into, we don't talk to a lot of people who have written books on this podcast, which maybe we should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I think so many people now, like we've had a ton of writers on the podcast, but by and large they're. I'm not saying this dismissively or derisively, they're blog writers. You know? mm-hmm. That's, I think, where people go because it's so much more immediate. It's short form. It's not a larger commitment like that. Sure. So I guess how did you find a publishing you know, a publishing company and what went into that process of like actually being like, okay, I've got enough content for a book. Let's make this a book.
1: Yeah, so Dusty International is actually, they were super helpful with the whole process. But they started out just as a record label um, doing cassette releases, and then they started doing magazines. So I just messaged the guy. I had, I had covered one of their tapes in the past. And I messaged him and I was like, hey, your magazine looks really crisp. Like, I really like the format. What program did you use? Like, what outlet did you use? I'm trying to use that for my book. Um, at that point, I was just trying not to lose money. And he was like, oh, send it over. Like, let's look at it. And then from there, he just helped me with the whole thing. That's amazing. But I was just trying to get, like, a website link or referral, you know, and it worked out.
0: So, with all of the, you know, music and culture and reflective work you've done, you know, a lot of that is is writing based. You know, like what advice would you give for anybody who's a little bit younger who maybe is, you know, listening to this in Indiana or someplace like that, like being like, dude, I want to get out of Indiana. I want to go to Chicago. I want to cover culture and music and everything that's happening. Like, what would you tell them?
1: Write as much as you can. Yeah. Um, have journals. Carry around like little moleskins. Have a pen in your pocket. Um, take notes in your phone, anything that you think is interesting,
0: write about it, and then you kind of find your netting at some point. Well and I think it's like it's so true I think for a lot of artistic concentrations where it's like it sounds very obvious, but it's like just do it every day. Exactly. It's yeah. the least glamorous answer and it's the most true, you know. There's no like shortcut, there's no like detox weight loss tea. Yeah. You know, for success. <laughs> So Yeah, it's
1: just nose to the grindstone. Just work every day at it, and you will get so much better in so little time. Um, and it'll get to the point where you almost do it, like, without even thinking. And then learn how to shift that and make it into something that you're further growing and further expanding your brand, your voice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Every day is different, but I constantly have, like, a to-do list, like, oh, that was a cool music video, or that was a cool movie trailer, or... This book looks interesting, you know, just a little bit of everything. And where can people find the book? Uh, it's on Amazon, Paperwind, Paper and Wind. it's 14 bucks. Uh, and there's a PDF that is $5, but if you go to DustyInternational.com, uh, I-N-T-L, not
0: International Foley, uh,
1: DustyInternational.com, they have it as well.
0: And, and it's like a physical item you can order in real life? Oh, yeah, hard copy. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. But the PDF is $5. PDF's 5 bucks. And it's probably easier to search paper wind than by your last name exactly yeah (laughs) um right on man uh ben neon pajamas we're just gonna go with that dude uh, i've been seeing what you've been doing in the city and you know what i'm sorry like i'm wrapping up we haven't even talked about like the sessions you're doing let's talk about that real quick where you're like bringing musicians together um to record music and collaborate like bring us into that
1: yeah so um it all started I go back to BlackRock, which was Black Keys and Dame Dash. Uh they had a place in Brooklyn and they were just bringing in cool artists to do songs together. Like, oh this is a cool instrumental. Let's get let's get most deaf to come through. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that creative control. And um yeah, so I just like the idea of like, oh, like let's just bring in these creatives and these creatives that don't always work together into yeah. one room. Um so my buddy Jeremy, producer Jaro, who works with Beach Jesus. He has a little home studio, so we've just been inviting people that wouldn't necessarily work together into the same room. And the first attempt was the track Sleeping with Ju, Bleak Lino, Mello, Yomi on Harp. Uh, Morimoto was there. Uh, Bo House helped with the production. Like so it like crazy. So many of these are
0: people we've had on the podcast, yeah. too. And we then, just had uh, Naomi on a few weeks ago. We've had Boathouse on. Nice. You
1: know. Yeah, and then uh, there's been a few others since. We, we're working on one right now with Kweku and uh, Iris Temple, the duo. Yeah. That's That song is so good. A lot, of, then, a lot of
0: closed sessions, people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So I like, we, we always try to get some live instruments into the room and just like a few groups that wouldn't necessarily have a song together.
0: If a Chicago musician wanted to contact you and be part of one of these projects, like how can they do that?
1: Uh, Twitter and the M Pajamas, or,
0: yeah, that works. I mean, you're always on Twitter, man. You're like yeah. me. I live on Twitter. <laughs> I, stopped, I stopped having business cards. I just tell people, I'm like, dude, hit me on Twitter. I'm always there. I'm
1: on Twitter all the time.
0: Like, if you see my account not tweet for six hours, call my parents. <laughs> like, that's that's the truth. Because Nine something one. happened. Yeah, <laughs> Right on, man. Uh, ben, Neon Pajamas, and Neon Pajamas on Twitter. And again, I know it's not your last name, man, but it's... <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, it's easier to tackle. <laughs> but, uh, dude, thank you so much, because I've been seeing what you've been doing in the city, and obviously, like, we follow each other on Twitter, and you're very active there. I've been seeing your work for a long time, so I'm glad we got to finally actually have you on the podcast to talk about what you're doing. Man. Thank you. That's awesome. And
1: likewise, yeah, I've been, I've been hearing the show for a while and it's great to finally be on here. So Dude, I appreciate it.
0: Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sweet. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.